0: great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Coming up in just a few minutes, a new wrinkle on identity theft that is such a hassle, and later, I want to tell you about a strategy to pay off credit cards that have been stubbornly hanging around in your life. You can follow me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Clark Howard. And on our Facebook page and on our websites, we've talked a lot about Boxed, B-O-X-E-D, boxed.com, which is an online shopping site that sells a variety of items with a very heavy emphasis on their private label and their private label that... Boxed has is called Prince and Spring and I have ordered from Boxed a number of times and I am extremely happy with the price points and the quality of the merchandise and the reliability of the delivery. So if someone doesn't find it applicable in their lives or it's a hassle to go to a warehouse club and you're looking for something that is a different way of getting things at decent prices, Boxed is it. But Boxed is not as cheap, by my estimation, as shopping at Costco or Sam's Club. It's almost certainly cheaper on equivalent merchandise than Amazon, but it's not at a price point that it's really taking on Costco or Sam's Club. It's no annual fee to use Boxed, and you get the prices. You just have to typically have a $50 order, and you get free shipping. But Boxed is testing a membership, $50 a year, so getting right in the range of a basic membership with Costco or Sam's Club. But what you get for it is you get the ability to only have to buy 20 bucks of stuff at a time instead of 50. But that's not the good part. The good part is that you get a 15% discount on all the house label stuff, all the prints and spring, which is what we order more than anything else. And then they have a number of items that people paying the annual membership fee, are getting 25% below the price of people who don't. So paying a $50 membership fee, you have to be a dedicated shopper of the site, and I would not join it if you don't find that you are routinely ordering from Boxed. Now, as I said, I've ordered three times already with not a single hiccup, a single bit of unhappiness. But to pay the $50 membership, It's got to be your regular go-to. And then, particularly, you have to like the house brand, the private label Prince and Spring. And on that score, I've been happy with every single Prince and Spring private label item that we have bought. You know, my default, and so this makes me different than a lot of people, my default always is, in my mind, the store's private label, is superior to the national brand that people might buy otherwise. So for me, the boxed offer is a really great idea. For you, well, you got to know your patterns, maybe not so much. Josh joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Josh. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well, Clark. How about yourself?
0: Great, thank you. Your company wants to make sure that you have every possible option to save for your future but it gets confusing doesn't it
1: yeah absolutely i'm really confused on which way would be the best choice they allow me to choose between a 401k or a roth 401k and i'd really love your opinion on which one i should go
0: with so it's like a sliding scale the younger you are and the less money you make the more you want to do the roth 401k The older you are, and especially the more money you make, the more you would tilt towards doing a regular 401k, because the thing about time, can I ask how old you are, Josh? Sure, I'm 28. Oh, 28, then very heavily that would tilt you towards doing the Roth 401k, because the advantage of having, let's say, nearly 40 years for the money to grow and have everything in your account be spent tax-free would very heavily lean towards you doing the Roth 401k. The exception to that at 28 would be if you're making huge money.
1: Yes, sir. Between my wife and I, we're making about 180000 to 200000 So I wasn't quite sure what percentage I could put in to that or if there are other options available for me i'll her. tell
0: you what's neat where your wife works does she have a similar choice she i believe has just the choice of a 401k i'd have to ask her that would be perfect sure. then you mix okay. and match you let her do the regular 401k you do the roth because that okay. lets you kind of hedge the thing it also gives you this great flexibility that in retirement. You have a pre-tax pile of money, and you have a post-tax pile of money. And based on how um, benefits are taxed and Social Security is treated in the era when the two of you retire, the flexibility of having pre-tax money available and post-tax money gives you more flexibility.
1: Okay, so what would you suggest uh, the percentage be that we'd save?
0: as much as you can do till it goes past hurt. Once want you to okay. hurt just a little bit, not a lot of bit. <laughs> okay. But at an absolute minimum, at 28, I want you saving a dime of every dollar you make.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Um, I have another question. Is that okay? Sure. I was wondering, is it possible or even a good idea to open a Roth IRA separate from work?
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Because okay. if you save at work, uh, company match, yes, no? Um, yes, sir. So you pick up the company match. If you also set up a Roth IRA, the more money you and your wife save at young ages, in your 20s and 30s, the more freedom you buy for yourself later in life. And if the two of you become maniacs at saving money, it means that somewhere late 40s to early 50s, if you wish, you can bag work or cut back on work.
1: Wow, that would be fantastic.
0: (laughs) And and you have the option in your 20s of making that happen.
1: Wow. Thank you so much. I have one last question for you, if it's okay. Sure. Um, My wife and I are saving to buy a home right now and um, it's coming up within the near future, I'd say, a year's time. Is there a way that we could put that money to use while we're saving? Any way to make a return on that? Nope. Okay.
0: Dull as dishwater. Earn 1% on the money with an online bank. Yes, sir. Go to bankrate.com, click on their best savings rates nationally, open one of those online accounts, earn your 1%, and that's all you can do right now is earn a pitiful return. You cannot invest, though, because investing, by its nature, means you could lose money. You can't afford to put the money at risk in the short term that you need for a short-term thing like a down payment on a home. Joseph's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Joseph. Hey, Mr. Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Joseph. You're going to go to UCLA. Yes, sir. Have you been out to visit the campus? Oh yes, sir. I have a couple
1: times. So, pretty great excited.
0: place, great part of town, and you got a good out In and Out Burger just outside the campus.
2: Yes, sir. Very excited about
0: that. So I've been to that In and Out Burger many times because I I go to UCLA Medical Center, and oh, wow. my reward to myself after every visit to the medical center is I go to that In and Out Burger.
1: Well, there you go. We all deserve that sometimes. Right? That's
0: right. <laughs> So what's going on? How can I be of service?
1: Since I'm moving out to UCLA, I had questions regarding building credit in college. First off, whether you thought that I needed to build credit in college, and if I
2: needed to, uh,
1: would you recommend a credit union bank, uh, or who should I specifically build uh, my credit to? All
0: right. So when you turn 21, which uh, for most people is late in sophomore year or junior year in college, you're eligible to get a card from one of the college student credit card programs and all the pretty much all the issuers big and small now have college student credit cards because college students are a really profitable market for credit card issuers and college students once they have a card from a company like the first card you get in college it's not unusual for somebody to keep that card or to keep doing business with that financial institution for decades. So everybody wants to get in your wallet and get their plastic in there when you are a college student. Now, it used to be that when you hit campus for orientation, all the credit card companies would be set up in booths, and they would sign you up for cards right then and there. And what was happening was incoming freshmen as teenagers weren't that good handling money, Joseph. And the law was changed, and that's when it was scaled back to waiting till people were 21 before they uh-huh. could get a card. Now, I got a couple of questions for you. When you're 20, do you think that um, a relative, parent, whatever, would be willing to make you an authorized user on one of their cards? They don't have to give it to you, but make you an authorized
2: sure. user? I
1: used
0: to, most likely. Because the advantage of that is that then you'll show up with a credit report, you'll show up with a file, and then when you apply at 21, you'll be able to get a card or two. And, I, and two is the number I'd like you to apply for. Okay, great. But everybody out there wants you as a college student.
1: Sure, I can understand why.
0: <laughs> and you know uh, college students, you know why college students are the most profitable credit card customers? the banks? Yes, sir. Why do you think?
2: Um, because we tend to spend a little more
1: on uh less or more trivial things.
0: And don't pay the bill in full. uh there we go. So they hit you with a lot of interest and then what do you think happens when a college student gets in over his or her head with a card and the bill collectors call?
1: Uh they get a little more money. <laughs> yeah but what
0: did the what does the college student then do? Uh default no, they call their mom or dad and say, help. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so for the credit card companies, it's a very profitable business because, Joseph, they they know that most of the time, if you don't pay, the parents are going to pay. So they make the money with a high interest with very low risk that it's going to default. So that's okay. why 21, because people are much more likely to get in over their heads and default. Sure. Well, good luck to you at UCLA. What do you think you want to study?
2: Um, I'll be double majoring uh, economics and communication
0: studies. How about you, an econ major? I was the only one in my economics classes in college who wasn't falling asleep. I actually love that stuff. Today's Clark Rage's moment is pretty upsetting. A new report out from Javelin Research finds that a million, one million minor children had their identities stolen last year. And roughly two-thirds of them were children under age eight.
3: Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark-rageous moment.
0: How horrendous is this when I add in an additional stat that more often than not, the person stealing the kid's identity is an acquaintance of a family or a family member himself or herself. Really. So I can't help protect you from, if you're a kid, from a dishonest family member because the family member is the one who's got to do something about the potential of a young child's identity being stolen. The good news now is more than half the nation states now allow you to put a minor child's credit into the deep freeze. That's right, just like an adult can have his or her credit frozen, a minor child who won't even be thinking about credit till they're 17 and may be applying for financial aid for college the credit can be put into the deep freeze, and states representing, I think, about 80% of the nation's population at this point, and the credit is shut down, and then when a child reaches the point where they're going to start applying for credit, that's when the freeze can be lifted. So it prevents the silent crime, because most people don't find out about a kid having identity stolen till debt collectors start calling and saying, where's our money? Well, I don't know what money you expect from our three-year-old, right? But that, unfortunately, happened to a million kids last year. So it's got to start with a parent who's on the up and up, and you set up the credit freeze. You can Go look at my credit freeze guide at Clark.com. You'll be able to check in your state whether or not you can freeze your child's credit. I don't want to gloss over this. There's more work, manual work, like, 1990s kind of work where you have to mail stuff in to the credit bureau to establish that you had the right to freeze a child's credit prove relationship and provide some documentation about the child where with an adult you just go online and you do it straight away but think about what in the world is going through a family member or a friend's mind that they would steal the identity and cause havoc for years to come in the life of a minor child many times keeping a minor child from going to college because their credit is so messed up, they can't enter school as an eighteen or nineteen year old. And that is Clark Rageous. Thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you being empowered with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. And you can follow me at Facebook.com slash Clark Howard. There is an app I've talked about in the past that is designed to help you save money if you're someone who has trouble saving money. And the app now costs $2.99 a month. This has been pointed out to me. And so it's unusual that I would talk about an app like that in a positive way. It's called Digit. And what Digit does is you connect your bank account to them and then they analyze your spending and automatically move money into savings for you automating the amount of money that you're saving instead of spending and the idea is when people see more money in their account they're more likely to spend more money but you see money yanked out and put into savings then you're less likely to spend that money, and you're going to build up a reserve fund. Well, now they have a new offering that, and again, you're paying $3 a month for this. They have a new offering that helps you get rid of nagging credit card debt, that analyzes your cash flow needs and your spending, your income, and comes up with Money that is safe in terms of your overall cash flow to put towards an outstanding credit card balance and help you get a balance that has just been nagging you, staying there, paid off. Now, you got to know yourself, and is this something that would be helpful to you? Because again, you're paying 36 bucks a year for them to do that. But if you consider how many people are in credit card debt that goes on year after year after year, paying typical interest rates in the high teens, and you look at how much interest you're paying a year, if something hits you over the head with a 2 by 4 and gets you paying down that credit card debt quicker, that is an enormous benefit to you. But I'll tell you, Truth Serum works with credit card statements, and I find, as I've shared with you on the air before, When somebody calls me about their credit card debt, almost no one can ever tell me how much actual debt they have on each card they have and what the interest rate is on each card. I want you to know that stuff, and I want you to do something else too. There's a box on your credit card statement that shows you how many years you'll be in debt if you only pay the minimum they're asking for. And it could be as long as like 40 years, but often it'll be... 17, 23, something like that. Then there's a second number there, how much extra you'd have to pay per month to wipe out the debt in three years. And often it's not a massive amount more to take a multi-decade debt and pay it off in three years or less. So be your own discipline. Get your finances to where you're not afraid to look at a statement. You're proud to look at a statement because you're watching those balances go down, 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 and then you're in charge. You're in charge. Constance is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Constance. Hello. How are you? Doing well. Constance, you have a very unusual question for me.
4: Yes, I was wondering, uh, I have a new phone app uh, that allows me to talk to my car
0: with the ODB reader, and I was curious. Slow you, down, slow down. We need to explain the OBD to people.
4: Oh, uh, it's that little gadget underneath your steering wheel that you can plug into your uh, vehicle, and it reads those DTC codes. I think that's what it is. That uh,
0: So what it does, let me see if I can put this in layman's terms. So there's this neat thing that's on cars built, just about every car on the road now because it started being used universally in 1996 and there's a place right under the dash that you can plug into and it will allow in states that require emission testing, it allows an instant reading if the car is polluting the air or not, it allows you to see if there's anything wrong with any major operating system in the car all with a simple digital readout that's plugged in. Can I tell you another use I saw for it? What's that? When I was at CES, the what they used to call the Consumer Electronics Show, I got to watch a demo where you now can plug a device in that will give real-time information on how the vehicle's being driven. So let's say a company wants to monitor its drivers out in company vehicles or a parent wants to monitor how a teen is driving. You have either real-time or, if you wish, delayed access information about how the vehicle's being operated. It's phenomenal what stuff is right there in that thing. So I interrupted you. you. Is the device you're using specifically to see how somebody's driving, or is it vehicle performance?
4: It's two things. It's uh, it's vehicle performance, but it's also for any roadside assistance that it would need if I broke down. It automatically calls the emergency service to check on me.
0: Isn't that nice?
4: It is. So what happened recently was my car broke down in the middle of the road, and I didn't realize what was going on. And it immediately texted me, telling me what my code was, and then how to fix it, possibly. And it gives a few examples but what was very interesting was it also gave me estimates on each way to fix my car I was curious if you've ever seen that or have any suggestions on other services like
0: that I have not seen anything that is, is sophisticated is this one of the ones you get from the cell carriers that have been marketing this yes I did and is this like ten dollars a month 15 a month uh, it's ten. Okay, so that's kind of where the price has been for a lot of these monitoring things is about ten or so a month. You know, you you have a situation that has proven the worth of it. It's like the same thing, you know, where GM customers have have loved the OnStar and the things that OnStar does in the event that you're in an accident, where it immediately calls for help and identifies exactly where you are. They can talk to you and see what injuries you have. These technologies, if you don't mind the monthly fee, are fantastic. Well, what's happened
4: so far is it's still sitting at the mechanic. (laughs) Uh, It's okay. But what was funny was when I had the vehicle towed to the mechanic, that day my battery discharged, and they called me up the next day and said, we think something's also wrong with your battery. And I said, no, I have three months of seeing a health report. I get it emailed to me. And all of a sudden, my battery goes dead at the mechanic shop. Did someone leave on my lights or door open? And so they couldn't charge me for that. So I think I'm saving my money at least the $10 a month by that alone.
0: That's great. So you are, you're a big fan now.
4: I am. And I can't wait to get my car back because I'm going to try to negotiate my bill based on the estimates that I've seen in this report.
0: That you've got to do up front. Oh, okay. Anytime you have a vehicle at a mechanic, what I recommend, if it's an unknown thing, like what it's going to cost to repair, all that, on the service ticket, you require an estimate before authorizing work. Once the work's been done, you can't negotiate backwards. Good to know. So yeah, have they started doing the work yet, or are they still trying to noodle what's wrong?
4: They've done two items, and they're noodling on two more.
0: Okay, so just ask them for estimates before they go forward with repairing those two additional. Will do. That's great advice. And I'm so interested in the fact that this was such a great thing for you in what was not the best circumstance.
4: No, but they did call, and it was nice to automatically have someone on my side. That's what I've been using so far, but if you have any other information, I'd
0: love to know. No, no, I, I think what you did, you have this backwards. You just helped your fellow listener. Oh, well, fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you're the one who's made it happen here by sharing a real-life, real-world experience, how having the diagnostic monitoring has been such a positive for you. James joins us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, James. Hi, Clark. How you doing? great thank you James how can I be of service
5: well I want to start out by thanking you uh, you've been a big help to, to me and my family as we and not only started investing about a year ago but uh, I just every time I get a chance I'm on your website or listen to one of your podcasts I really appreciate you and all the work that you do uh, to help us save money and uh, make wise decisions we really appreciate that
0: well that is very nice of you to say and what I love about what we do is we all learn this together
5: well we we're really thankful but i was calling you because i've heard you several times mention the chromebooks and my question is what all can i do on that chromebook because i I really want to get one and set it up but i i found a some kind of secure email where i was hoping to use it for some of the security codes and different things uh, to send uh, encrypted emails and stuff between person does my taxes for me different stuff like that was there one in particular
0: you've been looking at
5: I was looking at uh, looked at a couple recently I found one called Proton Mail.
0: Proton Mail is encrypted email that if I remember is double password protected, is that right? Mhm. Yeah. yeah, and so that is a very respected option if you're looking for a- extreme security and it's, the good thing is it's free like like you expect email to be.
5: Would you put that on the Chromebook? That you were going to strictly use... Sure, and you can
0: put it on your phone. You know, because a phone environment is becoming an area of potential vulnerability. And so you can use it app-based on your phone. You can use it on your computer. You, You can do pretty much whatever you want with it. And it is there because of people's concern about hacking and security.
5: And that wouldn't violate the whole don't use email on the Chromebook...
0: Oh, right, if you're using there. the Chromebook for financial stuff, yes, mm-hmm. yes, because right, I, I want you in a position where there's no question. Now, let me say this about the security issue. Are you a business owner doing a business checking account and business transactions on the Chromebook, or as a consumer, as an individual?
5: Consumer and individual, just for my, you know, investments and in all my banking
0: then, if you yeah. want to use Proton fight. Mail on there, that's fine. Okay. The reason I make that differentiation is as a consumer, you have very clear protections under the law on your banking account. You do not on a brokerage account. But your brokerage house, you should see if they offer 100% hacking and fraud protection if somebody hacks into your account. Mm-hmm. And if they do, then. You're already taking great precautions using the Chromebook and if you go to the additional step of using fully encrypted and secure email like ProtonMail, it'll be fine uh-huh. to put it on the Chromebook. I'm not going to do it cuz I'm, you know, I've got corporate, you know, business activity on the Chromebook. But if you're just doing personal finance stuff, that's fine. Ron is with us on the Clark Howard show. Hi Ron. Hello Clark. Thank you for all you do. Certainly. You are a business owner.
2: I'm not using it right now at the moment. My primary customer needs me full time. Oh, okay. That's great. But in maybe a year or so, I might be needing my company again, so I'm not going to just throw it away. But I have a bank business card, and because I so seldom use it anymore, and because bank cards for companies don't having the same protection as personal cards, I thought, well, maybe it's not worth the hassle to keep it, and I should just close it. But then I started thinking like Clark and said, will this affect my credit? Does my company have a credit? Can I get credit reports for a company? This
0: was curious. Okay, so there there is the equivalent known as a DMB report, a Dun & Bradstreet report, but it doesn't work exactly like a credit report and the business credit card you have is based on your personal credit so if you were to pull your credit report they may not report to all three bureaus depending on who the issuer of it is but it will be on one or more of your reports and will be very much a part of what makes up your credit score and mix. I did not know that. So it is because you're personally liable. This is the funny thing about, well, funny, strange, about a business issue credit card. You're personally liable for it, but because it's a business card, you don't have the same protections on it as you would as if it was a personal card. Very interesting. So what I recommend to people who have a business is you use a personal card for the business. Since it's reflecting on your personal credit anyway, it's better to have the protections that come to a consumer than the protections that aren't there for a business owner.
2: All sir. I like that.
0: But in okay. your case, it, if it's on your personal credit report, any annual fee on it? No, yes, sir. Cut up the card but leave the account open. Gotcha. Then you still have the protection uh, you still have the protection you've cut it up so you don't have to worry about somebody having sticky fingers and getting their hands on it but it'll still be reflecting active in your mix for a good while
2: well it's locked in a safe along with the company checks
0: well then that's good enough you don't have to cut the thing up all righty sir thank you for your sure have a great day leon is with us on the clark howard show hello leon how are you doing I'm good. How about you, Clark? Great, thank you. So you sold your home? Yes, we did. How difficult or easy was it to sell it? It wasn't too bad.
3: We did it a little bit differently, and I could have had a better experience, but we got 16000 over the uh, appraisal value, so I'm not going to complain.
0: Well, great. <laughs> yes. Well, how can I be of help now that you've sold your home? Are you looking for move into our house or something?
3: Well, we were... So, <laughs> Our initial guess, our initial intention was sell the home, use the equity to buy a little bit bigger home for our family because we've outgrew the other one. Okay. But thinking about it, we've, I've got about $37,000 in student loan left and about $50,000 in equity. And I didn't know if I should use the equity to pay the student loan off and be done with it and go with another FHA loan when I buy a new home or use the equity to buy the new home, buy a little bit better home, and just continue to pay off the student loans?
0: What a great question, and the answer to that depends on the interest rate that your student loans are carrying.
3: When I finished college, I consolidated, and it's around not quite six and a quarter.
0: Yes, pay off the student loans. Okay. Because even with the extra carry cost, you'll have being in an FHA loan versus a conventional. Mm -hmm. The advantage to you being able to lock in a loan on your new home that will be much lower than what you're paying on the student loans is so valuable okay i would kill off those student loans stat no reason for you to pay six plus percent interest right and it'll sure feel great to be mortgage debt free yes excellent well thank you very much clark i appreciate it sure and best to you you're listening to the clark howard show If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast of our show, I'd love it if you'd subscribe. Whatever your favorite podcast app is, we're pretty much there. And whether you love what you hear from me or hate it, take time to write a review. It's how we all learn from each other is from those reviews.